The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast live. Today's date is uh, Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. This is episode number 192. We are live as always on YouTube and on Facebook and over on Twitter. If you're in the cesspool, that is Twitter and you're able to watch us live. Welcome to the dark side. If you're out there live and you have a comment or a question or anything that you want to bring up throughout the show, Make sure you say something in the uh, live chat and tag one of us, and we'll make sure we kind of get to those questions and all of that. First of all, if you are out there live, go ahead and say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do say something. Once again, if you're new to the channel, new to the show, um, welcome. I hope we don't make you any dumber than you already are. Can't promise that, but we're going to try to uh, have a little fun, discuss some fun topics, and and uh, maybe educate a little bit can't guarantee it but we're going to certainly try uh if you guys want to call yes you can call into the show or text questions or comments go ahead and utilize the ghost tactical hotline provided by our good friends rod and shelly gates at the gun that number is 530-364-4678 it's scrolling right down below if you are a veteran, anyone really, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that dark place in that hole and you can't find the light and hell, you're questioning if there is a light anymore. First of all, contact me, call me, text me, email me 24 seven. I cannot give you medical advice, but I sure as hell might be a decent ear and might be able to talk you through some stuff. If you are looking for someone or someone, uh, some place that can give you or at least get you in to, um, medical advice remember two things one you're not alone you have a lot of brothers and sisters out there that are willing to help and two the world is a much better place with you in it so please if you're in that hole contact the veteran crisis hotline that number is 1-800-273-8255 once again 1-800-273-8255 the veteran crisis hotline we are, as always, going to be spotlighting the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions about what it takes to earn a title of the United States Marine, please visit the website, marines.com. And as always, we are a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. This is a great place that has pro-gun, pro-2A, pro-freedom podcasts. A lot of your favorite podcasts are already over there, but it's centralized in one place. So go check out selfdefenseradio.net. And I'm going to take this off of myself because I don't like being in the spotlight. And um, got a lot of people out there already. It's going to be an interesting topic. But before we get going into all that, let's bring in our uh, quasi co-host here, the tactical virus. I mean, uh, Leprechaun himself. What's up, Clover? I didn't do it. And there's no proof that I did. No, no. We always take care of the proof, don't we? We always yep. take care of the proof. Of plenty people. of uh, plenty of uh, shovels and lime and duct tape. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
There is uh, pretty good crowd. Let's say hello to people that are out there right now. Let's give them a few more minutes for those notifications to go out. We've got, looks like, 28 people out there right now. But uh, let's see here. 223DMR, according to my screen, was first. So congratulations. That gets you absolutely nothing. But congratulations. Uh, Gun-loving Grandpa, what's up, Buck? Saw Buck and shot with Buck uh sunday it was good to see him as all, all as always he got the tactical pickle out there g23 puff and tough i love that name it says if i was king of america i would make military training and service mandatory now we had that discussion a year or two ago about mandatory service and and i'm a big believer in mandatory service not necessarily military but i think that if you take an 18 most 18 year olds when they graduate high school i'm not saying all but the vast majority of 18-year-olds that are graduating high school probably are not ready mentally um, to go to college or to go get a job or whatever their situation might entail that they're going to have to do after high school. And I think that um, a year or two of service to the country, whether it's in a Peace Corps or whatever, you don't have to do military, but I think that getting them outside of their bubble, outside of their comfort zone, letting them see the real world from a, a different perspective a little bit is good because I think if, if they come back after a year or two, they're probably, they understand life a little bit better. And I think that they would probably appreciate and do much better in college. Not saying it's for everybody, but I think the vast majority of people probably would be able to benefit from something like that. And, and I know you have a little bit of different take on that, but I, I don't think it's mandatory military service. I, th I think that serving serving an organization or volunteering time or, you know, whatever it may be, not going straight into uh, college or to work or whatever it may be, I think that an experience could probably help a lot of kids. And like I said, Clover, I know that you, you have a little different take on that, but, um, you know, I don't know if we want to hash this up before we go, but, I mean, do you have anything you want to add on kind of, mandatory service or no it's military or not the mandatory service at 18 or something like that you know i don't i don't necessarily have a problem with it um i don't think it should be necessarily military service i think there's right. absolutely i think there's plenty of other things from peace corps to you know whatever that just uh that gets you out in the world and i think one of the most important things um you know, I don't know. I hate to hate to dog on the younger generations quite so much, but older generations, whether we've been out of the country or not, right? Because I've never been out of the country. Uh, but uh, I do read. I do pay attention. I do watch documentaries and other things. And so I'm aware of what goes on in other countries and how, horrible it is compared to the way of life we have here and i think that a lot of younger people they don't take the time whether they're too busy with whatever it might be in their life right yep. uh, they don't take the time to learn things like that and and so maybe that type of, of service would be a wake-up call is just how good we have it here because there's a whole mm. lot of people that that complain about first world problems mm. here quite literally oh yeah it was funny because this is i don't know a couple years ago i was at work in I was actually having lunch with someone and, and uh, a couple of the waiters and waitresses were talking about, you know, oh man, this place sucks and uh, can't, they won't let us get on our phones during working hours and Wi-Fi here is terrible. And I sat there and I looked at them and I said, um, 
you can take this or how it's worth for what it's worth. And I said, but until you have been anywhere, I said, on your worst day, you live like a king compared oh, to probably you more than that. More today than some people will make yeah. in a month or two months somewhere else, maybe even yeah. a year. Yeah. And they don't realize that. Well, I, I, I think you have a valid point there. Look to look to something like the Great White North, right? There was a guy mm. from Canada in the in the chat with us last night. And you know, where we have fights because those that want to stand up on a pulpit and scream shall not be infringed. Uh, we're not too a enough for those guys for whatever reason. Right. And we sure. have this, I, we'll call it infighting, but I don't know that that's what it is amongst our pro to a community sometimes, but then look at Canada who doesn't even have a two a, they can fall back. Yeah. on, right? right. And look how horrible that situation is. And you're talking about a fairly prosperous country. You know what I'm saying? A Western world is a civilized country right yeah. similar in a lot of ways to the u.s but Absolutely. there's a fa major foundational difference there that they don't have that to fall back on so when their government points the finger and says you're going to do this what do you do right exactly. no exactly and, and that's the thing where i i think that whether it's a young person or anyone it doesn't matter your demographic it doesn't matter age or anything it, it comes down to americans in general and i think this is just my opinion and, and i'll obviously get you your your time to talk about this but my opinion is that's one of the reasons that's probably the main reason that i'm going to say the rest of the world but you know what i mean like the rest of the world doesn't like us we are arrogant we are we have a lot of reason to be arrogant but when I say we're arrogant, I think it's we're arrogant because we don't appreciate as a people, not individually, but as a people and as a country, I think that we don't appreciate how good we do have it. Like you said, we talk about first world problems and they are truly first world problems. My Wi-Fi is weak. Um, I can't do this. I, you know, um, Netflix went up $3 a month on their charges, you know, stuff like that, where. Um, people will go off in these rants and, and no offense to rants and raves and go, by the way, go check out, um, roll call two one nine on Wednesday nights for rants and raves. Phenomenal. Um, but we truly do rant and rave on things that the rest or as the rest, but at least half the world would love to have access to what we have. So it is, it's kind of interesting. I think that that's one of the reasons why I think the rest of the world, uh, whether they hate us or not is one thing, but they definitely are. Um, uh, how do I put this? Um, discouraged by our attitudes at times. And I think it's because that we don't realize as a people how good we have it. And I think that we lose track of the rest of the world. We are in our bubble here and we don't really most people don't take the time you mentioned earlier you read a lot you watch documentaries you you watch news or whatever you you kind of try to keep up with going on with the rest of the world whether or not it's in detail or not but you kind of keep up on the same way i'm not so sure that the vast majority of people do i don't even think that people keep up what's going on in america as much anymore so i think that's that's yeah. that's one of the things where i think that our arrogance does piss a lot of people off well and they may keep up with certain 
major countries in the news and things like that, right? But you know, they you know they haven't delved off into the you know middle of the Amazon rainforest, for example, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying, and sub-Saharan Africa, and you know, and that's just the interest with history and whether it's you know Discovery Channel or or uh, you know ancient civilizations or whatever it might be that I've gotten into that you know led me down the road to you know pay attention to some of those areas in the world. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, talk about oppression. I mean, when you know some of the sub-Saharan places, and, and you know, you were over there. You know, there. you even humanitarian efforts have to pay the warlords to even fly the plane in with the supplies to the airport before they can even offload them and get them to the people that are in need. Right. And oh, by the way, it's, it's a not, lot of the warlords are going to then steal the UN food. <laughs> right. Once you pay, then, even, hold that, yeah. Oh, yeah, then they yeah. hold that over the people to control them. You control yeah. the food, you control so, the people. You know, so we want to talk about uh, represent a representative democracy, which is what we've got. Not mm -hmm. a, not a, we're not a democracy. We're a representative democracy. We're a republic. And, you know, people want to talk about, you know, how messy the situation is or how messy politics here is. And, you know, people want to talk about socialism and they want to talk about uh, communism. Well, what do you call it when it, the country's ran by a warlord? You know what I mean? That's worse than that's worse than even those. Yeah, because you're talking about, you're talking about countries that they're tribal countries. A lot of these tr are tribal countries where there's no, even if there is a centralized government, it doesn't hold any power. These, these sects and these territorial warlords or tribal leaders run that area. And even the government officials, if they try to enter that area, they've got to get the okay from those leaders, those warlords to even enter a part of the country that they're, a government official for so yeah it's it's pretty bad it, it, it's it's interesting it's really interesting uh now this is interesting because i like i think we all agree this bernie says i i believe i spoiled my kids a bit but my generation was different there that's just honestly i think that that's every generation says yes. that yes. i know that my parents would say the same thing about my generation i certainly would say that about my daughter's generation and every generation, as you reach that 40 to 50 year old mark in your life and you've got a little season um, in, in your life and you look at the previous ones, say, God, oh, we weren't that stupid. Yes, we were. We were that stupid. We were the same ways. Our parents looked at our generations and their parents looked at their generation and said, man, they're soft. They're weak. They're they don't think and all that. That's part of growing up. And throughout history, what you just have to assume and you have to believe is don't judge a generation and how they are at 19 to 21 years old. Judge that generation from the time they were about 30 and see, did they learn from their mistakes at age 21, 22, 23 and make those adjustments? Because we all were done when we were 21. Guaranteed. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, look, I mean, I think you're I think you're right. I think that statement is has some accuracy to it. Because that is, that's going back every single generation. You hear parents, you hear parents say that, that, oh yeah, you know, maybe I was too soft. Um, I think that there's some true and some truth into that being a myth. And there's also some truth into that being true, but I don't think that, and I'm not saying there's not bad parents out there because there absolutely is bad parents out there. We all know this, but I think one thing that has 
continually generation after generation has made us soft um, is technology. Um, you know, sure. even in the my day, right here. Yeah. even in my day, and I was teenager close to, if not when, you know, the Nintendo came out. Um, but, you know, I seen a, a switch flip in a vast majority of my friends, kids I went to school with, whatever, that it was all video games, right? And I'm not blaming video games, but I'm just saying, whether it's the internet or cell phones in our hands or whatever it might be, right? It took us out of the social interaction of we're going to ride our bikes around town. We're going to all hang out at the basketball courts or the tennis courts or whatever it might be. It took us away from that social interaction, you know, and put us uh, – we. We might have an interaction with a group of kids. Sure, there might be four or five or six over at the house, all playing Nintendo. But there's no athletic. There, there's no. Uh, you're not outdoors. You're not soaking up the vitamin D from the sunlight. You're not. You know, there's there's all kinds of drawbacks to just spending all your time indoors. I literally would come home from school and was not whether I was five all the way till I was eighteen and gone. I I wasn't home until you know, especially when I was younger, I didn't go home until I was dark, until it was dark outside. We went outside, you played, you did whatever with your buddies and didn't go home until, you know, hey, dinner is at dark, you know, it's 7.38, whatever it is. When it gets dark, you're home. And during the summertime, I'd wake up in the morning and we were gone. We were wherever, wherever. Um, didn't come home. And, and a lot of that, a lot to be said about that. I think that you could see that the obesity rate in our country is far higher than it was 30 years ago. And I think a lot of that comes down to people are, like you said, staying inside playing video wow. games or, or on their phones or whatever, and they're not as active. I think so, but I think you can, again, blame technology and modern advancements that mm -hmm. make it easier to open fast food restaurants quicker, more economically feasible. So you see restaurants, you know, fast food restaurants, about the worst of the worst, popping up in more and more areas. Um, I think you see more ready-to-eat meals, which are not the healthiest for you, right? So yeah. when you talk about the obesity problem, uh, again, I you know I point back to the same thing talking about just technology. As technology advances, it makes us lazier. It makes us fatter. It just uh, it, there's all kinds of bad that come with that technology. The question is, how do we how do we how do we reclaim that balance in our life and that balance in society? That's the question that 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 I'm after all the time. Yeah, and I think that I mean I don't think any of us, including myself, we don't want to give up the technological advances that we've we've made. Um, especially in the last 20, 30 years. I mean, the internet was a game changer. You know, the, the internet was an absolute game changer for everything. It literally brought this entire world together within. You could you can write, instead of writing a letter to a pen pal and having to wait two weeks for it to get it, them a week to write back, another two weeks for it to get back. You're talking a month around. You could literally write a letter to someone overseas and in three seconds it's there. Oh, what are you and talking about? In three seconds, you could be face to face with them. This is true. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's one of those things. And if you ever have any question, you know, when we grew up, we had the encyclopedia. How many times did our parents say, "Go read the encyclopedia; it'll give you that answer for you"? Well, the encyclopedia is called Google now. Um, so yeah, it's it's great. Rod Shellier out there, what's up? Hope Idaho's good. Um, so Bernie makes a great point. I mean, he's he's on fire tonight. I'm not going to give it. 
Not going to lie. Bernie says, I remember when I knew everyone's cell number. Now I don't even remember the police. You are absolutely correct. I, now, I don't like the fact that he said you're correct, Clover, because I, I think that that's, that's complete bullshit. Everybody everybody that. already knows that. He's not saying anything. Oh, oh, okay. so that's no uh, secret. That's but, no I think secret. That, but that is true. We used yeah. to remember everyone's phone number. Yeah. Um, you know, not just and, phone and, numbers, though, right? Because yeah. because we had to remember phone numbers, we remembered all kinds of other things, right? We remember we remembered yeah, everything. Yeah, and now I can't remember anything, and I contend, okay, part of it is getting older. Okay, that, that's fine, but I'm telling you, for years and years now, you know, since technology came about and we were able to store phone numbers in our phones, which has been 20 years plus easily. Yeah, um, sure. You know, I've, yeah, even back then I, I couldn't remember things. So uh, it's crazy. You and I were talking just a few days ago on the phone. We were just bullshitting. And, you know, when, when people don't realize when we talk on the phone, we very rarely ever talk like YouTube stuff, like ever. It's just random friend bullshit. We were talking about watches. And talking about just watches. We like watches and all of that. And I said, you know, I, I wear this watch every day, but I very rarely ever look at it to see the time. My phone is my now my watch. My yeah. phone is now my address book. My phone is now this. My phone is now that. It's everything. And and, and that, yes, Maggie says like passwords, usernames. You know, there's no need to remember any of that stuff. Can you imagine having today's technology with all the websites and apps and all that, having to remember usernames and passwords without a phone. That's called a spiral notebook. There you go. But people, hell, I bet you spiral notebooks don't sell a 10th of what they did years ago. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, There's yeah. There's no way they do. Now Rod says that his phone's his second brain. My phone's probably my, honestly, I think that's my primary brain. Honestly. I mean, I, I just be real. Um, I probably rely on my phone more than I do my own knowledge anymore. And that's, that's, that's crazy. Man, set, I mean, set alarms for anything and everything. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but it it is what it is. And like I said, I I like the question. I don't know if I'd change it or not. You know, I I don't think I would change it. Mm. I just wish that there was a way. Um, well, it's like I said, how do you find that balance? And, and you find that balance by unplugging occasionally that's how i think i think that's how you find that balance yeah. and that's hard to, that's hard to do it's hard for people to turn loose of that for 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever it might be it was interesting because it was last week i think it was last thursday as a matter of fact uh because i wasn't able to jump in on the um the studio chat with you and it's about 7 seven thirty. i looked down and my phone has no connection, no cell service, no internet. The tower was down for maintenance and it didn't come back on till like two 30 in the morning. Yep. From seven 30 till about midnight when I went to bed. So I went to bed early that night cause I didn't have anything to do. I couldn't watch a movie on my phone, you know, couldn't do, couldn't be on Instagram or YouTube or, you know, couldn't talk to anybody, nothing. And it was so funny cause I woke up the next morning and I had a bunch of text messages from one of my best friends and, my daughter had been trying to reach us the night before. And so she was texting him saying, Hey, if you talk to mom and dad, their phones are going straight to voicemail. They won't answer texts, blah, 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 blah. Well, we had no, you know, 
we had no way of knowing that anyone was looking for us. But it was one of those things where you forget and you may sometimes not even forget. You don't even realize how much you rely on technology until you don't have it. So, yes, unplugging is wonderful in itself, but sometimes you're forced to unplug and it's a little nerve wracking. But the next day you're like, huh, how the hell did I make it through? <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> pretty fun. Um. Yep. Revolver says, I can't go without my phone or my iPad, period. And uh, Smaggy says, when he goes up north, his phone is off all weekend. Bad service. There may be a text message we'll send once an hour. I get that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that unplugging every now and then is, even if it's just for the night, like, you know, 7 o'clock at night till 7 o'clock in the morning, just unplug. And now here's the thing. We can't play board games and all that stuff at my house. Um, it never goes well. I'm way too like cut your throat competitive. Yep. Yep. And then it just ain't going to work. Uh, yep. If I'm not dominating something, it's not going to be pretty. So we don't play board games in our house just because, and my daughter's similar to that. My wife says she's not, but when it comes to like being like, when it comes right down to it, every one of my family's pretty competitive and it can get bad. Um, so we don't play board games in the Miller household for sure. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Uh, well, there's okay. other things. I mean, you know, just falling back on some of the stuff that we've done. I mean, you've got mm -hmm. artsy and craftsy type things you can do. You know, there's puzzles, you know, there's that's true. Uh, all kinds of things. It's good. It's not a game. Now, Smeggy, you're right. A hundred percent. Just don't unplug during our shows. That's uh, all we have. You know what? If that's what you got to do to uh, keep your sanity, <laughs> go for it. It's only one of you. I'm good. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's it's Thursday night was one of those that um, I couldn't yeah. jump on with you. And, and it's one of those things that it made me realize, okay, Monday night from 7 to 8, I'm, uh, if, if I'm not watching, I, I at least have it on while I'm cooking or whatever. I'll have your, your show on in the background. Obviously, Tuesday night is this thing. And then uh, Thursday night, you have another one. Friday night, we've got a couple different ones. Um, sometimes I'm with Gear Report on Wednesday, so I've got that. You know, Saturday and, and Sunday, you don't realize, um, especially if you jump on to all of these shows and podcasts, you don't realize how much of your life is spent on podcasts. And it's like, Oh, wow. Like I literally, whether I want to think about it or not, I've got something every night almost that I'm jumping in for an hour or two. And then, then I'll get people asking me to, you know, send me links and all that. And, and it sounds weird is if there's something that I'm not on and I get a link for someone, I'll just jump in sometimes just to have fun. And yeah. I'll jump in with rich or someone, you know, but it's just one of those that, you know, we don't realize sometimes how much we spend of our lives. Once yep. you kind of in this game, how much time it takes to be in the game. Yeah, then you've got all the research that you're doing. You've mm -hmm. got all the contacts that you have to make and follow up on. You have the content you're laying out, you're filming, you're editing, you're publishing, you're just, yeah, it's a so never ending thing. Yep. And on top of that, some people, you know, I mean, some like Clover does this and it's kind of his full time thing. I would love to do that, but I, I've got a job that I work 70 hours a week at and it's like, so this is one of those things where, but I utilize when I come home from work, I utilize 
jumping on people's podcasts and doing this and, and, and editing video and all, I utilize this as a way to have fun and to kind of decompress from work and all that. So, um, but yeah, it, it's just one of those things you don't realize until you don't do it. That's like, man, I, I actually do spend a lot of time online on these, on these shows or, you know, whatever you're talking about, whether it's editing and going to the range to shoot a video or whatever. It's like, holy cow, I really do. Like, I spend a lot of time doing this stuff. And and I guess the good thing about it is, is I, I didn't really realize it till last week. As long as you don't realize how much time you're spending, I guess that means you're enjoying it, right? Probably, probably so. Uh, yeah. You know, I totally disagree with you on the whole editing video thing. I know but- you do. But yes, I, I enjoy when I, when I get the opportunity to do it, um, I enjoy jumping into somebody else's chat because I didn't have to set it up. I don't have to worry about tags and titles and thumbnails. All I got to worry about is clicking a link and making sure my microphone works. That's it. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, it, it is fun. Uh, I, I, I enjoy it and, um, you know, it, it's fun because I, and I'm sure you are the same way. I get so many invites to come on to different shows or podcasts or whatever every week. Yep. And it's like, Oh, multiple a day. I, wish, talking I about? wish I could. Yeah. I wish I could jump on all of them, but you really, you can't, you really can't. Yeah. Um, oh, now Smeggy, Smeggy says gun channels got me through a hard time, but it was nice making friends and talking. So people that, weren't around several years ago or at least weren't part of the gun channels crew and and they hear us talk about gun channels we still talk about gun channels even though it's not around anymore um gun channels is where the vast majority of all of us that have been around for each with each other and all that that's where we all met and and that's they used Those to have lobby chats and, and the, the lobby chats were were awesome it was just we opened up an eight-hour chat, and whoever wanted to jump in could, and we talked about anything, literally anything and everything. Um, you know, it was just one of those things where that's where we got to meet each other, and that's where we got to know each other. And, um, yeah, Gun Channels was a great place. It really was. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say there's there's such a, uh, a large swath of folks. I mean, from folks out there in the chat now um, to the folks that are doing the, the weekly shows or whatever. Um, that you know, we have sort of ties to that you said we we show up on each other's panels and mm-hmm. show up in each other's chats and um, you know even if you aren't a part of gun channels, odds are you could spend about a week online and kind of figure out who came from there. You know, right? Because yeah. it's, it's kind of that it's that close knit of a group. But then yet we all have because you talk about this all the time. That's what's interesting is you know we show up. Cause like the Tulsa thing, right? Mm. That's sort of a gun channels deal. It's kind of where that started. Sure. That's how all that developed. And of course, anybody and everybody is welcome to, to participate in that. But, um, you know, it's one of the things where, you know, we show up there and there may be like the time here a few years ago when there was what, 30 people or something from gun channels that yeah, showed up 30, in Tulsa. I mean, yeah. look at the, look at the variety of people that, you know, we, we were also all individuals, right? So we were at the, at the, in the same place at the same time, all kind of members of the same group, but totally individuals at the same time, right? Like mm-hmm. total different interests, total different things they wanted to accomplish, 
Uh, and it's that way even when we kind of get together in the corner of the media room at SHOT Show or NRA or whatever, right? It's like, okay, here's a half a dozen, 10 people all sitting at a table, whatever it is, all from gun channels. But, you know, we're, we're all doing our own thing and our different thing and supporting each other doing it, which is great. But we all have our own little little thing, which is awesome. And I, and I think that support side of what gun channels brought especially early on, and I'm not going to speak for you, but I think I, I probably do speak for you as especially first starting off in the, in YouTube and you know, you might have 50 or hundred subscribers or whatever, but you knew that every time that you release a new video, you're going to get that 20 or 30, 40 views from your gun channel family. And yep. the support of that, really will help you not just to like at shot show and all that like you know we're at shot show and like you said we've got six to ten of us that are all kind of gun channels people and we're doing our own thing but i'll be down the dungeon and i'll see something i say i don't really like that but i think clover or snob or sarge would send them right. a text hey go check out booth so and so down the dungeon i think it's something to be right up your alley and they would do the same thing well going to the the, the media room you know, we do that at want to take a break, but it's also, you know, a couple times a day with lunch, before the show, after the show, whatever, two or three, four times a day, we'll all meet up in the in the in the media room and, and then just like it's nice yeah. to see familiar faces where something does happen. Well, I know that I've got a few people I can count on, and that's that's kind of where we were with gun channels for sure. Yeah, or, or what if you know the situation that was snobs out there, Gary was out there, where you know sometimes it's just something as simple as you don't even have time to stop and talk, but you know, you pass each other at the NRA or the shot show or Tulsa or wherever it might be, right? And it's just a kind of a smile and a fist bump, right? And you know, that's it just in passing. Right. But it's that little bit of camaraderie, that little bit of, it's sort of like cheerleading, I guess, in a way. And then I know you've done this for me. Uh, I can remember one specifically one time in Tulsa where it just, man, I was just off my game. It's like, I needed to, to regroup. And I was like, Hey dude, uh, can we go smoke? <laughs> Cause I, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I need, I need a coach. Right. I was like, I need, yeah somebody to get my head back in this game and i mean you've you've had those you've had those situations too and and it shows and it's like hey man let's go smoke because it's like something just fell apart you know the wheel started to come off and it's like we got to get this fixed because if we don't it's going to be you know it's not going to be good yeah uh you know snob out there says clover doesn't uh because he's too busy hanging out with hickok and those guys the big shows and i was like you know hey stalking them is not the same as hanging with them well so. that would be roll call roll call is the one that stalked hickok just so we're clear uh, oh, i'm sorry you're more of a demo ranch guy yeah there you yeah. go there you go <laughs> i'm stalking it for different reasons i'm just trying to get a clean shot on that dude that's all it is <laughs> all right right oh lord have mercy yeah um brick well, to the back of brick to the back of the head maybe you know when we were was it was it NRA? Was it Dallas? I think it was Dallas when he dressed up in his Daisy Dukes yeah. and, and all that. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. And I can say that because I'm jealous of his 7 million subs. Yes, I am jealous and I am bitter, but that dude's a tool. He is a tool. But he's got 7 million subs and makes a shit ton of money. Even without YouTube, he's rich because of family sure. and being a pet and all that. But yes, I'm jealous. I'll be the first one to admit it, but he's still a douche. Yep. 
he's the king of all of those. But yeah. How do we get down this rabbit hole, man? We went like way down. This is nobody else jumped in and it turned into ghost and clover real quick. Which is fine. Uh, I don't mind that whatsoever. Uh, Rich is like, yeah, we all know that he stalks Brickell. Rokal does. I don't know if he still does, but I know at one point he had a picture or a poster yeah. of her or something hanging up. And if you only knew, bro, if you only knew, you would. You might. That's all I'm going to say. You well, if he's just after the appearance, then not really. If he cares about the substance, and that's where the rub comes into play snob says he's gonna wear daisy dukes in ram this year please please do i i tarred out wore a kilt so why not he did he did indeed um and wore it well i have to admit um what yeah he kind of yeah, had, had, had a look. Spam text to say that my phone is receiving too many spam texts interesting nice. yeah okay that's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Screaming Skull Saloon says, have I been banned? Not that I know. You're here, so you couldn't be banned. <laughs> Unless I'm missing something. Um, all right. All right, Delray. Before we get going to the topic, does Classic Firearms actually give away those guns? I always yep. wonder how come nobody sends in footage of their prize. Um, well, that's a good point. That's that's a fair point that you never see anything. But as far as I know, they do. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, because they, they're not creators. If you um, know the folks and or if they have a public social media account, a lot of times you'll see a post. But I know, for example, they gave away a 50 one time and the winner also got to go down and shoot that 50 with Eric. And that there is a video. Oh, up on, yeah, there is a video up on Eric's channel with with that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and we're talking IV eighty eight eighty eight for those that are come, yeah, I got, come out from I under got, a rock, I guess. I got the email from uh, Brandy today. I had to give the final word if I was going to show up next week, and I was like, negative. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. <laughs> Maybe one day, but. Not today. <sighs> the snowman the is here. Snowman is in the hizzy. What's He's up, bro? down and down, snowman. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. I just making sure you're not melting up there, you know? You, you look a little thinner in your picture. Have you lost a little weight? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I've been working <laughs> a bunch, so, you know, right. about 12,000 steps a day average. Moose says, I'm working the farmer's tan. I don't tan, bro. Um, I burn and peel and start over. I burn and peel. Uh, that's unfortunately the Irish side of me is I, I just don't tan very often. It is what it is. Uh, this is about as tan as you'll see me. Other than this, is I'll just get red and I'll peel. But uh, I guess it's kind of a farmer's tan, I guess. Maybe a little bit. So, yeah. Anyways. All right. So we've wasted the first 40 minutes of a lot of people's lives. We apologize. You're never going to get that time back in your life. But it was fun. Maybe you guys had a fun kind of going down a couple weird holes with us but it is what it is the topic we're going to talk tonight is about mandatory training and um you know people are starting to get back out and get some training done but with states like texas and other ones that are out there that are are going through um maybe constitutional carry or different two-way bills and all of that um a lot of topics have been coming up 
on mandatory training, whether it's to own a firearm or to get a permit or whatever. And I'm going to let Clover talk because I I, I want to let him, and, and I don't want him to go down too far of a rabbit hole on, on the constitutional carry in Texas, but I want to say it was in the Senate um, when they were doing, was it, the, was it their, I want to say it was the Senate committee hearings and they had the public, uh, pe- the people coming in to give their statements and, and testifying and all that. But a lot of it we're talking about, they didn't, this is the, the anti-bill, oh, I lose a puppy dog. Uh, a lot of people that were the anti-bill um, were using the fact that there will be people not carrying guns without uh, training. And there are places that consider, you know, uh, an instructional class or part of the class is training, but we all know it's not really training. But coming from Texas and going through this constitutional carry, is that still one of the fights from the other side saying um, that they want to attach maybe mandatory training for everyone? No, at this point, um, the point of contention that's being dealt with right now in a conference committee uh, has to do with penal code, legality, criminality, that sort of thing. Uh, and also a little bit signage, but that also ties into you oh, know, the 30 six. Yeah. That also ties in obviously with trespassing and other thing that ties into criminal code and whatnot. Sure. Uh, but yeah, pretty much all the amendments, everything else was, all, is, is all been set. Um, and, uh, was able to sidestep any of the training requirement. The only thing that really made it in was, and I don't have a problem with this. I'm all for free educational opportunities that are out there, whatever they might be. Or free uh, will educational opportunity. You're not free, but free will. Well, I, I'm talking about free. It, what I was saying <laughs> was there was an amendment that was added to this that the Texas Department of Public Safety, which is the Texas Highway Patrol, uh, will install. They also govern the license to carry, by the way, but they uh, will set up a free voluntary online training and safety course. So, and I thought that was, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought that was cool. I'm like, Hey, any training safety resources that the more we can get out there, the better as far as I'm concerned. Uh, But again, that wasn't tied to, it was a have to, it just was charging them with, they needed to have that in place. That way, if people wanted to pursue that, they could. And if I remember correctly on that amendment, that was talking about, you know, making the free training. Somebody tried to amend that and say, well, why don't we just require it and then have some kind of certificate that you took the class and then you could show a police right. officer that and it's like, okay, <laughs> right. so that's making a carry permit. Like you're literally describing what we're trying to get rid of. And right. that part of it got shot down. So that's, that is, that is that's good. That's I'm with you. I'm all for free resources yeah whether it's it's anybody out there in the chat firing up their camera and or their microphone and cutting a video or a podcast on stuff whatever it informs instructs and educates people i'm all for it yeah i think we're uh as a host so i put a poll out earlier today over on the uh the community tab of the channel and let me refresh it as of right now it's got 414 votes and i'm not gonna lie the results are a little bit different than I anticipated. Uh, the question of the poll was, is mandatory training to own a firearm 
or receive your concealed carry permit a good idea? No is winning, but only with 54% of the vote. Yes with 35 and maybe where I said leave a comment uh, at 11%, but we're talking 54%, only 54% of the people polling out there voting said it was not. I, I figured wow. it would be at least, 80, at least 85%, yeah. which is wow. interesting to me because I don't believe, and you guys know this, I'm a big training junkie, um, but I don't believe that, I mean, I don't think anyone truly believes that mandatory requirements for training um, but here's the thing. I, and the reason why I want to bring this up is when I've had to go and re renew my concealed carry and then I had to get the enhance and, and I've been at the range when they're doing the qualification for concealed carry, the shooting portion of it and all that. I see a lot of people that I don't want carrying a gun because of their handling skills and, and their knowledge of firearms. And they, they scare me. I mean, they truly, like, I think that they're a bigger threat to the public by carrying a gun than a, an evil person is. Um, so there's a side of me that says, man, like, I think that training would be a wonderful thing for everybody. But then it comes right back to that single word where it's mandatory or required or whatever, because, yep. you know, as we talk about, which we, you know, we were talking about the other day, what the hell is it? Can you show me it? But we're talking about the slippery slope uh, that Clover and I love to joke about. Is this? I don't even know what a slippery slope. I've never seen one before of you. Um, but uh, the slippery slope. But that one word changes mandatory or required changes things. I think that everyone should want to go and get at least some sort of training. And when I say training, I'm not talking about going and getting your drop leg holster with your nods and, you know, your AR and going do do door kicking and uh, drills with CQB and all that. I'm just talking about going to the range with your buddy that's been shooting for a long time that can teach someone safety uh, and, and safe handling skills, um, how to clean a gun properly. All of this stuff is considered training. It doesn't have to be um through james yeager or pincus or fossey or you know clint smith or any of these guys you don't have to go and spend a ton of money you don't have to go spend any money like clover said you know a lot of great people are putting great content out on youtube that could serve as a training uh for you so it's just one of those things where um i was really surprised at the, the fact that there's only 54 percent said that it's not there shouldn't be mandatory at least 46% is at least open to the idea that mandatory training to own a firearm or to get your permit is, is a good idea, which I think it's a good idea, but I don't know if mandatory is what I would say. Um, so I'm going to start with Smeggy and, um, you know, I don't want to know. I don't people, I don't know if you want people to know where you are, but in the state that you live, Clover and I know, but in the state that you live, uh, or in, slash are from originally um what kind of to own a firearm slash to get your concealed carry permit is there any kind of quote-unquote suggested required training for that all right so yeah like you said i, I live behind enemy lines i'll tell people i am in california okay, uh, i didn't well, know if you know, know that right now. okay yep 
could also uh, where you're from originally either. So I didn't know, you know, right. Yep. So originally I'm from Michigan and quite frankly, all of my firearms are in my dad's collection who still lives in Michigan. So I just didn't even want to bother dealing with trying to bring a gun into California, getting the permit. And I don't know exactly what's all entailed to that. I do know that you need, you know, background checks and permits just to have a gun here and carry is pretty much non-existent in the area I'm in. So don't, don't really worry about that. But in Michigan, there was nothing to buy a gun. They used to have a background check that they got rid of. It was, it was only for handguns, but you had to get a pistol purchase license and then you could, or pistol, pistol purchase permit, and then you could buy one, but no training involved with that. You had to answer like 10 questions, which were, anyone could answer like, is it a good idea to point a gun in your face? Yes or no? Like that type of stupid question. And you could get 60% right and still get whatever. Anyways. Um, but to carry, you do have to take a class and I want to say it's 10 hours possibly. I mean, it was basically a full day, eight hours classroom, two hours on the range. And I'm not for like the mandating part. Like I don't like that it's required, but something that, you didn't touch on when you were talking about training that I did gain, uh, is it like gain value from is the legal part of carry all sure. of like the, the stand your ground castle doctrine type laws. Every place is different. They're mostly similar. You know what the requirements to use lethal force, like what needs to be met. Um, but I really enjoyed the legal part of it. Maybe I'm a nerd and I think Clover is too. We all enjoy that kind of stuff. And I'm a, I'm a little torn on like, should at least that part of it be mandatory to carry? I mean, the Liberty part of me says, no, I mean, the constitution, it, it is what it is. And, you know, ignorance of the law is an excuse. So if you do plan to carry, you need to teach yourself what you can legally do. But I wish there was at least more focus on the legal training then yeah. over you know some of that tactical stuff which everyone that's fun to do like you had mentioned the the jaegers yeah. and the pinks whatever it's fun to play dress up and go hang out with your buddies but i would rather spend eight hours talking to uh you know masad ayub or someone of his caliber about legal stuff yeah well and, and that's part of here in arkansas is to get your concealed it's like an eight hour class and then a little bit of shooting or whatever um but the class goes over well, it's supposed to go over where you can carry, where you can't carry, all of that legal stuff. Most of the time, um, it's just people hanging out for eight hours because you have to be in this room together. So, but yeah, no, I agree. I I, I do like the nerd stuff as well. Uh, I was telling people, uh, a friend of mine, you remember, you know, budget budget went down to see Jaeger and take fighting pistols past weekend, and I told him my favorite part of the whole class was the classroom lecture not being out on the range for two days. It was the half day in the classroom listening to the lecture and all of that. That was my favorite part of that class. So yeah, I'm, I kind of dig what you're saying on that, but yeah. And, and, and like I said, I think and people out there saying, um, you know, revolver out there says, you know, you should have uh, the least, at least have basic training, not mandatory though. And I think that um, Del Rey says, I think, Training should be mandatory for any concealed carry member. I've seen guys who didn't know, and this is kind of where 
I would tend to agree. And people people know my stance on this, and and you can get mad out there, guys, and I, I don't care. But um, there are people that I don't think should be carrying until they're ready. I have literally seen people extremely dangerous at a range that had never held a gun before and being a shell issue state were given their permit. They are dangerous. Um, I would not want to be anywhere in public with them if I knew they were carrying. So yeah, there's a part of me, especially for the, for the carrying, I would, I'm not saying mandatory, but there are, I, I, I think that this, and I don't want to bring Clover and Speggy, you both just jump in on this, but I think what, the other side tends to to realize fail to realize is they think that we want it like the wild wild west where we're out at noon at high noon having shootouts and all of that what they don't realize is that most of us that carry every day and, and then they're serious about gunnership and gun and re, being responsible gunners we want our own to be as safe as possible we don't want people dying we don't want to have to shoot our guns we want people to be safe with their firearms. And I think that's what the other side don't realize. Um, I really get irked a lot when I see people that are carrying that I know like they shouldn't be carrying because they're scary and they're, they're going to be more dangerous to public than that threat is. But do you want to make it mandatory? I don't know. Clover, I want to bring you in and, and, and talk about the word mandatory because I, yep. I know where you stand as well. And, and I think the word mandatory is kind of where so, the divide probably is, you know? So some of the comments out there, mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it. They disturb me. Okay. <laughs> because I see these people in the chat regularly and I, I want to try to give them something to think about. So if you're out there in the chat, if you think that people should, you know, have some type of instruction. I'm not going to say training, right? Because I don't like the word professional training. I don't like the, I don't even like the word training. You know, as long as you've got proper instruction, I think you're probably good to go. But just because you have proper instruction doesn't mean that you employ what you have been taught, right? So you could go through every Jaeger class, Masada, everything else. And if that doesn't stick and if you don't practice that in real life, then what difference does it make, right? Yeah, so absolutely. at the end of the day, I don't see where it makes a difference. Now, the difference between should and mandatory, the folks out there and you know who you are that said, I think mandatory training is a good idea. Who, who is the one that says that sets the standard for mandatory? Can I do that? Because let's play this scenario. You're out there in the chat right now. You said, okay, I, I think everybody should have mandatory training. Okay, well, now Clover is the dictator over handing out licenses, and I get to say what the training requirement is. And if you it haven't been a fire, if you haven't been a firearm owner since you were at least five years old, and if you can't pass a 500-question test on the history of firearms, including single-action revolvers, bolt-action rifles, lever guns, guess what? That's mandatory, Jack. You got to know all that because I don't know what firearm you're going to own. I'm not, I don't know what firearm you're going to own. So you need to be safe with all of them. Including basic gunsmithing skills, correct? Sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I, hey, it, this is a public safety issue, right? I don't know what kind of gun you're going to own and carry. You need to be well-versed and trained professionally in all of them, right? Now, who agrees with that? Because if you don't agree with that, then maybe you need to check your thoughts about, I think it should be mandatory. Right. 
and come over to the side of the people like we're talking about here being reasonable going, maybe we should promote proper instruction within the community. Maybe we should point people and direct people to ways to go. There's always going to be people doing stupid and dangerous stuff in society. Always drive down the road and you see it every single time. Somebody in a, in a moving vehicle that you're like, that idiot's going to run over somebody, right? They're on their cell phone. But, texting but, but they and driving, right? They had mandatory driving instruction, so it can't possibly drive unsafely. Right. That's right. 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 So you know, 30 just, years ago, they sat in a classroom, so they they have to be safe now. It just doesn't work. Now, on the on the topic of, and I don't care what it is, it shouldn't be mandatory. Uh, we should promote it. We should advocate for it, but it shouldn't be mandatory. Now, on the, the topic Smeggy brought up of the legal and the legality side, here in Texas, yeah. the license to carry curriculum honestly is a joke right they've they've they peeled it back so much which is it's a great move right but they peeled it back so much that you know the most important part of that is the law right is the criminal code is the statutes um and i think that's important um now where i see and i've talked about this with the the potential of constitutional carry passing here in texas is that those that or instructors for the license to carry pivot and they start offering a basic constitutional carry course, right? That focuses on the legal aspects. If you're going to constitutional carry, there's an opportunity for, again, for those, those trainers, those people out there um, to proactively and in a voluntary manner, push safety and instruction and training and whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, and we got some good friends that are very well known, very respected, you know, trainers, Fossey, Pincus, Ron Holmes, all these guys that do this for a living. And I'm not saying this about them because they would do it the right way, but making training mandatory is going to do a lot of crazy things. But one of them probably I'm not saying it would, but would probably see training classes go to whatever prices they want to charge because if it becomes mandatory, you're up now to what those instructors are going to charge for those classes. If they wanted to charge $1,000 for that class and they're the only one within a three-hour drive of where you live and that's really all as far as you could go price and money-wise, but now you've got to come up with $1,000 to take this class because it's now mandatory that – I have to be in the system as passing this class before I can buy a firearm or get my permit. You see where the problem in that is, is you're, you no longer are going to have, well, you, you still are going to have free market in a way, but you're at the mercy of what these instructors are going to charge because, and I'm not giving the instructors a bad name. Cause like I said, most of them that I know and all that would be fine with it. And, and knowing my guys, they probably would lower their prices just to make sure that people are getting quality instruction instead of just going to their local yokels. But you're going to be talking about some high, high fees for training. Uh, there are a lot of people out there right now, um, Clover, that are worried about you saying, you know, calm down. They don't want to get your blood uh, pressure oh, up man, and I'm higher. Fine. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, I, want, I would really want to make sure that you get your, your, uh, I'm right. I'm a great actor. I'm a great actor. Pressure machine going. <laughs> That was, that, like was an, 
that was an Oscar worthy performance. That's all. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Well, I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe <laughs> like a, a Rotten Tomatoes well, uh, could award yeah. could be, but yeah, go there ahead, Smack. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, be be like this dog who's relaxed, not like that one who's right around the backyard tearing up the grass. Um, but I, I did want to jump in on you know what you said there. It's it's not just a hypothetical about you know if there's only a couple gun trainers they can charge a whole bunch. And I wish I could remember the person who wrote this. I think it was a series of articles that then turned into a book. Um, but it was a lady in Washington D.C trying to get a gun permit and there is literally only one range that you can go to qualify like in the in all of dc there's only one approved i don't know if it's one approved trainer or just one approved for like the live fire portion of it sure and i i apologize for not remembering all the details but damn it smeggy if you're gonna come here you gotta be prepared man oh well, i guess just kick me out because i'm never prepared it's not it's this is not amateur hour this is like elementary hour so yeah, go ahead. So DC. Yeah. So that's, it, it's kind of an example of exactly what you're talking about. There's only one range that is approved by the government that this is where you can take your test or only one trainer. I forget exactly. And the, the person who wrote this series of articles, I believe that it did turn into a book. Um, that's basically what they were talking about. It's like, it, it took forever to even get an appointment to go and the prices were, really high because what else are you going to do like that it's literally a monopoly so you're at the mercy of whatever they want to do yeah now you said a word or a couple words a, a, a conjunction there that um government approved this is where i think it comes down to um if the mandatory training, mandatory instruction required, whatever words you want to use, if you do that, then who's going to be, like you said, the government approved, but who is it that decides what the training for each state's going to be? Well, it's going to be the politicians. And if you live in a state, if you live in Arkansas, the required training might be something you can go fill out a piece of paper on the internet. And that's your required training. If you live in D.C. or New York or California, it could be a three-week-long or one day for six months, one day a week for six months in an in, in classroom. They could make up whatever they want. They could literally turn it into um, whatever they want. And these people could charge whatever they want. They can... Not uh, they can deny you your permit technically if you, if you don't pass that class. So that's that's where the the slippery slope. I'm using a lot of air quotes tonight. Um, a lot of slippery slopes. I'm gonna be like Joey. I don't really know if I'm using them right or not. But um, but yeah, I mean you're you start talking about the slippery slope of of mandatory training, mandatory instruction. If if you've got someone in your state that is really anti-gun. And they could come up with, you've got to go um, three days a week for six hours for six months to this class. And it's going to cost you five, it could cost you $5,000. But if you don't go, you can never buy a gun or, or get your concealed carry permit. And oh, by the way, even if you do go to all of those classes for three days a week for six months and you pass all of that, 
they could just sit there and say, well, we don't feel like you're safe, so we're going to fail you. Take your money, and it turns into them filtering who gets a permit or who else. It, it, it is gun control. And I think that that's where the dangerous word of mandatory slash required or whatever you want to call it, I agree with a sentiment that most people out there are saying this. Everyone should want to seek out training or instruction, as Glover calls it. Everyone should want to. Anyone who's going to be a responsible gun owner should want to go and get training to get better at their craft, to make sure that they're they're doing the right things. They can be safe. They can be able to understand how to mentally think through a scenario if you're ever put in that situation. But the word mandatory opens up the floodgate of so many bad things. Um, Smeggy, Clover, y'all just jump in. You know, that's my biggest concern is they could really put the criteria to whatever the hell they want. And even at the end of that criteria, who's to say that they're going to, quote, unquote, pass you? You know, it turns into my eyes, the mandatory could turn into a really bad. It could literally turn into gun control. Now, if you talk to people that I know um, we had a, a nice little chat with a few of us that apparently I'm an advocate for gun control. Apparently I was told that, Oh shit. What's up snob. Yeah. Uh, come on in here. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's my biggest thing is I, I, I'm the same thing as everyone else. I want, I wish everyone would get training or instruction of some kind, but the mandatory side of things is really where it gets scary for me. Um, snob, you just kind of jumping in. Do you have any thoughts on the whole premise of the mandatory instruction training idea? Well, I said out there in the chat, I'm anti-mandatory training, but I think this is also a place where, you know, our group needs to police our own and, you know, yes. try to encourage our friends or peers to get the training that they should get, and but not mandatory at all. But I was just sitting there thinking, I'm going to go, you know, it'd be cool if we could incentivize getting some kind of training. You know, if the gun industry would come together as a whole and incentivize it. You know, even if it's just as simple as a $25 off coupon off something, you know, all yeah. these companies could come together and do that and That's encourage people idea. to take an, somehow to encourage it. Then people would actually take, do it. It wouldn't even take multiple companies. One company could very easily say 25 bucks off of one of our firearms. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, you sure. know. You know, we all know that have worked with the industry what they're actually paying <laughs> production wise mm -hmm. for those. They can handle a twenty five dollar hit, right? Well, and, yeah, like, or a free magazine with the purchase of a new firearm from us. Like extra anything. magazine or, or a box of mm -hmm. ammo, especially yeah. right now, that could be gold. A box of ammo. Yeah, and um, if they could just yeah. create their own, you know, if that company would be willing to do it and create, you know, pair up with a trainer that does legal. Oh, I'm mean, just talking yeah. legal and safety. Those they're two things. Yeah, yeah, their own curriculum. curriculum online. You complete it, you get a certificate. I think yep. that'd be so cool, and it wouldn't really. It would make our industry look better as a whole, too. You know, to the out that's other great, side. That's a great point. Um, you know the the optics of our community, like you said, policing our own and all that. I love, absolutely love the incentive. Um, even something to this, the point of if you're going to get a concealed carry permit and you go and get um, a training class and you submit that certificate or the instructor can go in on some, you know, thing and click whatever, then let's say it's a five-year permit. Well, for every training class that you get, they'll add on a year to your permit to where if you go get five training classes 
that's now a 10-year permit. You don't have to renew it for 10 years because you're continually getting some training, whatever it would be. But I love the idea of the incentive side, and I think that that's really kind of what needs to happen, like you said, to where we we can go and get training and feel like that we don't have to, but we should want to. We should want to go and get better at our craft, you know? Well, you know as well as I do, people in our in in the gun community are like this. They're not going to do it. You know, I mean, some of them will want to do it just because of the want to. A lot of people aren't going to do it, but if they get a chance to get something out of it, because Lord knows they're all tightwads like Clover. Yep. What? Punch in there. What? What? Don't be punching down. (laughs) <laughs> but seriously though if you could you know think somebody's getting a deal if they think they're getting a deal they'll do it and i think that'd be the way to encourage it okay so clover explain i i guess i'm missing part of it but mm-hmm. what is this talking about well dan out there um and i had to run back up to his comment to, to give it context he was saying that maybe mandatory is the wrong word so but there's a lot of people at least in his area of south florida so many have concealed carry permits and have no clue what they're doing and my point with that comment is i could say the same thing about a lot of people out there that don't have the experience knowledge and education in firearms that i have across a large swath of different actions and everything else does that mean i get to dictate who's an idiot and they can't carry you well, know do, based on that, that that's what i'm saying who who do you who do you trust is there anybody that you trust right to take on that kind of power to mandate something to you and like i don't want anybody doing that to me because i don't feel that i could do that fairly to anybody else i'm gonna look at somebody that's fumbling around with a literally with a lever action revolver that shot your range day or something and think what an idiot right i'm right. gonna think that because i was shooting when i was three years old but does it does that really mean they're an idiot no that just means they don't have the experience with that particular thing that i have experience with so it it's just, it's hard to do. I mean, you, and that's the problem with a mandate is who do you yeah. trust to set said mandate? And and there's no answer to that. Who does the government trust? Well, regardless, <laughs> even if the government said, hey, we're going to do this gun community, you pick who, who sets the mandate. Okay. I can't think of anybody. Do I want Masada Oob to do it? Do I want James Yeager to do it? I got issues with, with both of those, with some of the principles they teach and things they do, right? I don't want either one of them to do it. And that would be, the go-to for a large percentage of the community would think would think that's a win, right? They would go, "Oh, we we got Masad Ayub or or James Yeager to they're the ones that mandate this training." Well, no, I have a problem with those people, with some of the stuff they teach. I don't want them mandating that stuff to me. So again, who do you trust, regardless of whether the government's picking it or they let us choose? Sure, uh, great question, Guns and Barbecue, and is it why do you guys believe training is needed at all? I will probably have a follow-up question. Fair enough. Um, I'll start out. We're gonna go. We'll go through the room. So the three of you guys start getting your answers prepared. And I, it, it's very, very simple to, in my eyes. Is you should want to be proficient with. Let's talk firearms. Whether it's it's doesn't matter what kind of training. Training in general comes down to gun handling. Okay, no matter if it's CQB, if it's it's whatever kind of training it is handling a firearm in a safe manner and being proficient enough to be able to in that oh shit moment where you're having to defend yourself or your property or a family whatever that is being able to have 
the ability to draw, shoot, end a threat without hurting anyone else. Okay. We should all want to strive for that. I don't think that we're all going to go ahead and, and draw our Uzi and street sweep the first time we see a threat. That's not safe. I think as gun owners, we should want to be able to safely handle our firearms to where ourselves, anyone around us are, are not going to be in danger just for simply handling a firearm. Once again, we're not talking about tactical training. We're not talking about going into CQB. We're not talking about into simunitions training. We're talking basic gun handling, how, you know, how to draw. There are a lot of people that um, will buy a firearm and the very next day go take their concealed carry permit training and pass. And they've never holstered a gun in their lives. They've never drawn from a holster. They, they never done any of that. We're talking basic fundamental one Oh one drawing, getting proper grip, proper, you know, presentation, all of that stuff. It all comes down to being safe and being proficient enough to end whatever threat that you're needing to end. So in, in layman's terms, I'm sure these guys will jump into much further, but for me, Ultimately, it comes down to being safe and being proficient. And that's why I think that training is, and not saying mandatory, but training is a pos positive thing because the, the safer that we have, everyone that owns a gun out there, the safer they are, what does that do? Ultimately, it makes our community safer as well. So, um, yeah, uh, Snob, bring you in real quick. Um, the question is, is why do you, the question is, do you but why do you believe that training is needed at all well, i don't think it should be mandatory at all like i said but right. needed yes i have no problem with that and i'm gonna god i hate to do this this is hard for me i'm gonna agree with clover and i don't even want it called training in this case to be honest i just i think that's instruction education. education i think like a fire or hunter's education course teaches you the basics there you go of safe firearm handling i think i think that is a necessity for everyone but I don't think it should be required, but I think they should want to get it. And then yeah. also a basics of just basic common sense law kind of stuff as in, you know, don't insert yourself in a situation where you don't belong. Be a good witness. Stay over here. And also, you know, don't be an idiot. Don't pull out your gun every two seconds just because you can. Right. Um, FUD, what do you, do you have to say anything? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, my name is Clover Tack. I am a FUD, and I approve Snob, Snob's ideas. So yeah. so now, Snob, do you want to retract your ideas <laughs> now that the, the FUD has? <laughs> I'm just curious, uh, what is this fancy case? So, you know, so there's there's this shift. You know, we got to be real careful about language, right? And so we, we want to use this law-abiding gun owner a lot, and there's been advocates that say we need to move away from that and say responsible gun owner and get away from the whole idea of criminalization right and so i think we've got to do that with training too because when you hear training it sounds really formal you know what i mean and we don't want that because when people think formal then they think that it's a requirement or it's mandatory or there's standards or whatever the case may be um and it's it's really basic it's something that that i fall back to with the constitutional carry here in texas and those hearings that come up several times was why aren't we teaching like basic firearm safety in schools you know um you can do that's that without, where it needs that's where it needs to be right yeah. 
Right. Absolutely. Something you can do that similar. With a toy gun. Yeah, something similar to the Eddie Eagle program. It doesn't have to be done hands-on at all. Um, at, I think that would be effective uh, and at least having some kind of basic familiarization because once you understand at a younger age, you understand what a firearm is capable of doing, right? Then later on in life, should you decide, and, and let's let's face it, we're talking about, when we're talking about the majority of people out there and dis, you can disagree with me here if you want to, and we can go down this road. But I don't think the lifelong, I don't think lifelong or very long time firearm owners are the ones that people are saying they're worried about, right? So if that person that is just now discovering that they, they enjoy firearms or they want to get one for self defense or whatever the case may be, if they have some kind of basis other than movies and video games, like real world basis, like a firearm safety and education course in school, does that give them a different perspective moving forward where then they seek out proper education and safety instruction because they know what they don't know, right? Are we dealing with a situation where we have people that are coming into the, the community that don't know what they don't know? And I think that's the case. No, I, I, I couldn't agree. First of all, I want to say up here, um, who was it that said that he's got a friend they call Captain High Point? Never owned a fire gun, a firearm in his life, got one and passed a CCW. I think that I have just nice. found my alter ego's name, Captain High Point. Nice. That is phenomenal. That's a That'd be a great T-shirt. I think I'm going to work on a Captain High Point T-shirt for tomorrow. That'd be phenomenal. Uh, Smeg, you want to bring you in? The question that was based is why do we think that if you do, but why why do you think that training should be suggested or whatever? Anyways, like what what's the reason why you think that training is is maybe necessary or at least should be promoted? All right, well, I'll kind of just reiterate what I said earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. I, I think the training, I mean, the safety stuff. You guys mentioned that, like. Yeah, safe handling is good, but I really think the legal part of it is the absolute most important part of any kind of training thing because that's where you're going to get caught up when you don't understand what what you should do or I guess that also kind of the mindset part, right? Again, you, it was mentioned before the be a good witness and if you can get out of there, get out of there, that type of stuff. Um, and there there is a, definitely a certain mindset when you carry you're a different person than like, at least with me, I'll speak for myself, but I think about things differently now than when I was younger, still like guns, still supported the second amendment, but was not really in that carry mindset and just going about my day, you know, and now it's, it's a responsibility. Um, but I will push back even a little bit on, uh, it was said a couple times in the comments. I think some of you guys had said like, you know, basically, Oh, these people, I'm scared that they're out there carrying because, man, they didn't even know how to field strip a clock or, or whatever the comment was. Um, and I'm going to channel my inner G Webs. I know he's out there in the chat, so he can speak for himself. But he's I got a link, so he can show up and come in. He's got a that's, link. So. That's fine. I just, so I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I've heard him say something similar to this, and I tend to agree. And that is look at all the places that do have constitutional carry or all the places that are shall issue without training requirements mm-hmm. if it was such a problem that 
quote unquote untrained people or whatever are carrying guns and they're so dangerous. How come our accident numbers are going down? Like statistically, how come Hmm. there aren't a lot of stuff? And we all know that there are huge, you know, multimillionaire people that their whole job is to make gun owners look bad. If it was happening a whole bunch in a certain area that had constitutional carry, you'd see it on CNN every night. Another stupid gun owner shoots his foot off. Another stupid gun owner, blah, blah, blah. And we're not seeing that. So I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. I haven't researched it. I could be wrong, but I would suspect that it just doesn't happen that much anyways. There's plenty of people that have not had any training and are still you know, smart enough or safe enough that they know what they're doing is it can be dangerous. Just like driving a car can be dangerous, mm-hmm. but they do it well. I mean, I know I knew how to drive more than before I took my driver's test. But that's because my dad let me drive up North when I was 10 years old. So I didn't learn anything from that training, but I just have a mindset of being a safe person. No. And, and I don't know what else was said out there, but I can speak because I said something similar to that. And I'm by no means advocating for mandatory training. But I have seen people that I know have a concealed carry permit that scare me when I see them shooting at the range. Literally like, holy cow, you're flagging people. And I've I've had to kick people off the range um, for breaking the 180 and different things. And I'm like, I know they have a concealed carry permit. Once again, do I think it should be mandatory? Hell no. But I think that there are times when you should say, look, bro, look, ma'am, I would, I I think that you would benefit greatly from a basic handgun class or something like that. And maybe that's how we promote it and say, look, you know, you're a little unsafe. I I worry about things and, and to protect yourself, your loved ones and anyone else that might be out there that's a good guy. You know, that's maybe how we, I don't know how we handle it, but that's one of those things. Uh, Guns of Barbecue says, uh, his follow-up, I guess, is, but you just, we aren't safe without training. I never said that we weren't safe without training. I said there are people that are not safe. Whether they've had training or not, there are some people that just aren't safe with their firearms. It's either they're lazy or whatever. There's people out there that are dangerous with their handling. I know people that are dangerous their handling that have owned firearms their whole lives, and they're still dangerous. And look, if that makes me a bad person, I'm a bad person. There are people out there that scare me when they're handling a firearm. Uh, basic gun handling can be taught to oneself with simple practice. Absolutely, it can. That kind of reiterates what Clover was saying. If you grow up with firearms and all of that stuff, you know, you're probably going to learn through the process of growing up and all that. But once again, and I'm not saying that there should be mandatory there are people whether you want to admit it or not there are people out there that do not handle their firearms safely and to be fair and there are people out there that shouldn't be driving either absolutely how they are no, not about it <laughs> and they no, might be the same people it. probably are probably. probably from texas so i'm not putting a blanket statement but i think that everyone if, if you've been around long enough and you go to the range on any frequent time frame I think we've all probably seen someone in our lives go, we just go, oh, God, dude, what is wrong with you? So that's what I was saying is that there are people that I think would benefit 
that may not have the knowledge or may not have the ability to watch YouTube or whatever to teach themselves. I think some people also are different learners. They might need to be told a certain way. They need to be shown a certain way for them to, to click. I do think that training would benefit a lot of people. Go ahead, Clove. Oh, here's a, here's a scary. Was. I'm sorry. Here's a scary thought, right? Along the lines that you're talking about. We were talking about parenting and stuff earlier, right? Generational gap, whatever. Those same idiots that you're talking about that you see on the range, how many of those have kids and families that they go home to and they're doing all this unsafe stuff and whatever and then, you right? Need, you need so, uh, iPods. <laughs> let's let's ramp that. Do they put do they put their dangerous chemicals up or their power tools or their knives? You know what I mean? Sure. What other mistakes, if they're doing that, are they making? And at what point does it fall on us to regulate any of that? Right? And so... One of the things is, yes, we all know idiots out there who do stupid things. We all know people like that. But I have also been at competitions with six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand people that I would totally trust with my life when it comes to a firearm. <laughs> so it, it's a matter of your perception and where you're at and, and the, the sample size that you're witnessing a lot of times. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Out of your, you know, however many few hundred people that you see in an average month or whatever at the range, there's just one or two guys. that's an idiot, right? But that doesn't mean that 2% of the population, one or 2% of the entire population is that way. It doesn't mean that that extrapolates out. So don't just like we say, don't penalize the, and and I hate all the wording here, but I'm going to try to word it like most people do. Don't penalize the law abiding gun owner for what the criminals do. Well, don't, penalize the people that are responsible for the few idiots that are out there and that's all that i think we're saying exactly uh i I don't think i'm pretty sure none of the four of us on this panel are saying mandatory instruction mandatory required training no it's like look i think we should all maybe think about it i think it would be a great idea for all to get it but no means are we saying that it needs to be especially required by a government agency or a government entity Hell no, because now we talked about earlier, that's opening up Pandora's box. Go ahead, Snub. Okay, I just wanted to go back on something Smeggy said a long time ago. And sure. I've got, I kept trying to get in there, but I never did. No, he said, uh, you know, the number of accidental dis- or accidental shootings and, you know, children getting hurt and all this is going down over the last several years. And what is it, last 30 years, it's been on a steady decline. And mm-hmm. that's 100% not due to mandatory training anywhere. That's due Ooh. to us encouraging you know safer practices you know encouraging all this stuff in the the own farms community doing it not forcing anybody to do anything and i think that's what you know it shows that it's working you know just you know people watching youtube people watching online anything kind of videos from people doing stuff and learning and the most careful driver the most careful gun owner you know name your whatever it is the most careful x um, the most careful driver in the world could still get into an accident. Things happen. Um, accidents happen. The most careful gun owner in the world that truly like looks that gun back in the holster every time and, and is the, you know, dead on balls, perfect on all his handling could have a split second where that finger comes up too much, the trigger to begin with and has an ND there's all sorts of, of ways that accidents can happen and we're not saying that accidents are never going to happen um but what you're talking what we're talking about here 
what at least I what I'm talking about saying weeks. I don't want to put anyone in that blanket. What I'm talking about are the ones that you consistently see at the range, and it's not just one day, but they're always out there. And whether it was six months ago or whatever, they seemingly haven't gotten any better with their handling skills. And you're like, well, obviously you're not even going out to the range because you can you can get better at your handling skills just by going to the range more frequently without instruction but the more you do it the more comfortable the more the better you're going to get so we're talking about that small percentage where they're just people that need help sometimes uh you got a point there clove i do you're talking about you know anybody can have an accident it can happen right mm-hmm. that's why and i'm going to fall to my because I advocate for the three rules of gun safety, um, but not the four, but, uh, you know, is muzzle action trigger, right? So here's the thing. There's a reason there's three rules of safety is any one of those can following just, just one of those three, just one of those three can drastically mitigate the damages caused by an accident following all three it, and it's virtually zero. You're, you're not going to have an accident, right? But just following one of the three. And that's why we talk about three or four, depending on who you're talking to, the three or four rules of safety. That's why there's not just one, right? right. Don't have an accident, right? <laughs> that would be one. How, how easy would that be, right? Don't mess up. That's it. That's yeah, your gun don't safety. Screw, don't screw up. I mean, we're, we're very specific <laughs> about the three or four for a reason. Right? right. That way, even if one slips your mind, again, damages are severely mitigated or, or the, the likelihood of, of damage is severely low at that point. Right. Yeah. Which, there's go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Steve. I was just going to say, which is why, you know, our farm related accidents are at an all time low. You know, they're just. Mm-hmm. I, I think that in inherently, I think most gun owners we have that personal responsibility anyways to be safe, don't we? I mean, that's just, I don't think anyone walks around saying, I think I'm going to be dangerous with my gun today and go hurt myself and everyone else. That's not what we want to do. Uh, to be most fair, I watched it. a video the other day where most they were shooting each other and playing Russian roulette at each other's feet, but, you know. That's dumb. Well, I agree. It was really dumb. He got shot in both feet. Oh, jeez. Safety rules, people. Okay, so there goes that argument. I just, you know, you just killed. <laughs> um, all right, so here's a great question. Guns and, hey, I love the questions, Barbecue, man. Keep bringing them. I, I love this because this is what it's about. It's having a discussion. Um, do we, I'm not saying, do we believe or do, every, I don't know. Do we believe that they are really safer than the individual who has nope. a want and personal responsibility to learn to educate themselves freely. Nope. No, I'm not saying that. Not at all. I'm not saying that someone who goes takes a Jaeger class is going to be better prepared than someone who watches um, one of my videos Good. or something on online. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying to you is, is there are times. So here's the thing. Here's the one thing that I love about training is if you go take a basic, let's just call it the basic firearm handling school, Okay. And you go take that same class from 10 different people, you're getting 10 different perspectives on such curriculum. You're getting 10 different ways of doing something. They might feel that drawing this way is better than this way. And 
your grip should be considered better this way than this way. Well, here's the thing about it is, is the more you do it, okay, there are a lot of people that won't go to the range and actually practice fundamentals on their own, even though they've been around for a long time. Everyone should once a year, I think, take a fundamental firearm class, a, a firearms 101 for pistol handling or whatever, especially if you're carrying every day. That seems to be mandatory, but we should want to do that too. But you take these classes and you're going to get 10 different perspectives, 10 different instructors talking about different ways of doing things. Well, guess what? If you take it from a lot of different people, one, you're taking that class. So you're getting the experience of all of those. You're going to be better just in, in experience, but you're able to pick from this person, a little bit from this person, a little bit from this person, a little bit from this person. And now you've got more than just one person telling you how they think it should be done. The more training you get, you're getting more information. Okay. And that's for me, that's what the, I like about it is, is getting information, absorbing information from a lot of different people and then taking bits and pieces of it from everyone and saying, this is what I'm going to imp implement into how I do things. And I think that that's the great thing about it. But by no means am I saying that someone that wants to take the time and the effort to teach themselves proper handling. I'm not saying that if you go to James Yeager's class that you're going to be better than someone who's does it on their own. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying the more, if you get training, the more training you get, you're going to get the experience and the different perspectives that might change the way you think about things, the way you might do it. It might make you better, but that's just, you do that in school. You do that in life. You know, the more experience you have in life, the better you're going to be than you were. You're, you're going to have, you're going to be better at certain things at age 40 than you are at age 20. Not because you wouldn't got instruction. It's just because you have a lot more experience to look back on and say, yeah, I made some mistakes about that. Uh, that wasn't very good. That's just life well, in general. Better once. Uh, well, once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what, what, uh, what you someone was going to say something, go for it. What he, what he put out there, that was barbecue. And what he put out there, mm -hmm. I think, I think is absolutely true. See, if you mandate or if you force people, uh, you got, you've got to go into this training or whatever it is to get this. Are they really going to absorb the knowledge? Are they, are they there because they have to be there to, to achieve something or get something? Or are they there because they actually want to learn? That's two different situations, right? True. And I'll fair. give you a good example that you and I have gotten into recently. I know snob is, is that way. There's some people out in our chat and I'll, and I'll make this analogy to cryptocurrency, right? I bought sure. some cryptocurrency like a week or two How's ago. How's that going? Okay, hang on. I, regardless. Not I, bad, I, actually. I, Consider don't, I, I don't care. I don't care about that. I don't want to get into the minutiae of cryptocurrency except for to use it for this analogy. Prior to me buying the cryptocurrency last week, I knew very, very little about cryptocurrency compared to what I know now. Why? Hmm. Because I developed an interest in it first, right? Until I developed an interest and actually vested a little bit of money in it, which would be like buying a firearm or whatever, right? I didn't care. I didn't care about it. But then once I got to a certain point, I sought out the knowledge. And I think that people, they're going to seek more knowledge because they're interested in things. I think they're going to retain said knowledge more, right? And they're going to take that further rather than just doing the minimum that they've got to do to get whatever license it might be or certification or whatever. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, C4 made a good point up there, though, that a lot yeah. of people, you had it on a screen earlier, that a lot of people don't even shoot their guns, let alone practice with them or receive, you know, even the most basic training. And that's that's mm -hmm. the bad downside to it. And it's if we could encourage people to get out to the range more and stuff like that and have more fun, then they'll get more interested, like Cobra was saying, and want to learn. Yeah, I think that I think that that's what it comes down to is no one, at least in this panel, wants to say that mandatory training, mandatory required instruction or whatever is a good thing. But I think we all probably on some degree, even Clover, who like allergic to training, um, even Clover would probably admit that most people should maybe want to seek out some kind of instruction, whether it's actual training or whatever. You know, I, I tell you, I was talking to someone today, uh, came in, the, in, in at work, and we were just talking, it was raining, so we had a little time to talk, and um, was interested in, in all this. He's a gun guy and all that, and I said, man, you should take a, a gunsmithing class. He's like, why? I don't need a gunsmith. Yeah, but understanding how the machine of a gun works and how to fix it and all that, you know, I, I think that gunsmithing, would be a really cool class to take. I've never taken one. I, I think that I would like. I think I would enjoy a gunsmithing class. But I think that knowing how that firearm works makes you more knowledgeable and pro ultimately probably a little bit more safer with it if you actually know the mechanical machinery of how a firearm works. I think that a gunsmithing class is something that people would probably enjoy more than they think they would. I don't know. Um, oh, so we got two snowmen here. What's up, Smeg? Hello? Can y'all hear me, Snob? Clover, can you hear I me? I can hear you. Okay. Well, I got two snowmen, but neither one were talking, so it's what it is. Um, all right. So um, I, got a, I got a text, and I think it was G23. It says, anyone who is willing to accept or require mandatory training are they willing to have those same requirements on the rest of the constitution? So we're going to get a little political here if you want to. Um, so basically, does this mean that if you agree with mandatory training, does that make you anti two a snob Clover? Where do you think you want to go with this? I mean, does it mean if anyway someone is willing to accept or require mandatory training, do they have the same requirements on the rest of the Constitution? I think that that's that's an interesting statement or question to pose. I think it's I, I don't think that it's you can't go. I mean, I guess you could go get training on freedom of speech or freedom of religion or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm super I'm super hesitant to tell tell people that they're you know people are real quick to throw out libtard or anti-2a or you're a communist or you're this or yeah. you're that whatever freaking exactly. label it might be and you know that's a generalization you don't know regardless of what somebody says you know you got are they are they conveying their thoughts properly do they really have they really thought about stuff do they again do they know what they don't know um, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson, there's a, there's a quote from him that I absolutely love. He says, it, it's, it's dangerous when you're smart enough to think that you're right, yeah, but yeah. not smart enough to know when you're wrong. That you're not. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so do they fall into that gap to where, you know, it's like, or the, 
are they are they actively pursuing it now obviously if they're you know pushing for legislation or you know they're signing petitions and they're doing other things to to ban or maybe to make training mandatory and they're taking it that far but just because somebody says i think that it should be mandatory it's like eh, i don't know that that pushes them all the way into the anti-2a category for me yeah i i oh i I, there's good stuff when i wasn't connected uh because i i disagree wholeheartedly with that i mandatory is definitely infringement yeah i didn't say i didn't say mandatory wasn't an infringement that's not what i said okay sorry i may have misunderstood but I said the the question was if somebody says makes the comment that I think training should be mandatory, are they straight up anti two A? That was the question. They're, they're definitely leaning two A anti two A adjacent. I think is the proper term according according to what you hear them say, right? But does that mean, in other words, if if a tree falls in the woods and says he's anti-2A before it hits the ground, is it really anti-2A? That's the point I'm trying to make. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what that point was. I mean, you, you, know, you, I, you take somebody at what they're saying, but what if, they, what if they're not educated enough to know what they're talking about? Oh, I, I see. So it, it's possible that they... Think now, obviously, Bloomberg, right? Bloomberg is hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, let him finish. Hold on, he's been waiting. Go ahead, yeah. Sorry, and I do apologize for I missed part of this. My phone was acting up, but uh, I think I'm catching up. So, I guess what you're kind of saying is maybe the person like they don't think of themselves as anti 2A, and what they what they think they're saying like isn't all that bad, right? It's just like, well, it's, it's just a little bit of training, what's the big deal, and so. Maybe I would say that the point would be to then kind of explain to them. This is how I would approach it is like explain how the things that you said earlier, like who gets to decide mandatory, the the pricing, the blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like we all know that hurdles to your rights, like a right delayed is a right denied. And some people like that extra 200 bucks for a training thing that is make or break. Are they going to have dinner that night? Right. So it's, Maybe they'll come around as you explain that, and they'll say, "Okay, I, I didn't really mean that. I thought I was just trying to be safe or whatever." So, right. Well, I think I think I think, I, the, think I put it together. I think that can go straight on to universal background checks because that's a big thing they're actually pushing right now. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of people that say, "Yeah, I'm fine with universal background checks." That are absolutely not anti two A. Now, I feel like that's totally anti two A. But if you look at the people, they just don't understand. Right what that evolves to and that's right. I, that's that's the problem with our and group of so, the and it depends on the and it depends on the question that's asked right well and, and it also depends on the person so let's just say let, let's say i'm not saying it is but let's just take the example of me in arkansas okay and i've got a concealed carry permit so i don't have to worry about going through the background to the Nick system background check. Cause I've got my, that, that serves as my background check. So I'm not saying guys, I want to preface this. I'm not saying this for me. I'm just using myself as an example. If someone was to come up to someone like me and said, do you, you know, 
do you think that universal background checks would be a good thing? It doesn't affect me. So what if I come out and said, yeah, I don't give a shit. It doesn't affect me. So I still have my concealed carry permit. So that's going to that's gonna serve as my background check. But if I say, I don't give a shit, someone's going to walk out of that store and say, damn, Ghost just said that he's for universal background checks. No, I didn't. I said that I didn't give a shit because it's not going to affect me. But once again, now, once again, how something is said, how it's asked, whatever the situation is, there's a lot of context that has to go into play with this. You know, go ahead, Cliff. Well, I'm just to, to Snob's point, I think what Snob was hitting on with your example there was somebody would hear you say that and immediately go, well, you're anti-2A and turn around and walk <laughs> off. They're yeah. going to name call you. They're going to turn around and walk off and they're You're not going to continue. They're not going to continue. Yeah, whatever boxer label it might be. Sure. They're going to call you that. They're going to get mad. They're going to turn around and walk off without having a discussion or a conversation that might give them the opportunity to say, oh, well, I get where he's getting this wrong, or I get where he messed up. Now let me explain it to him. So I want to say out there because Sarge is having issues with your analogy with the tree, <laughs> and he's asking someone to translate it from Texas. So I'm going to ask Snob to translate an Oki to translate Texan into English, which is I can't even I can't even figure that one out. I still haven't figured out that analogy. <laughs> Like that the worst was, analogy of lifetime. That was the the point was to not understand it. That was I think that's the point. <laughs> if, the tree is if you're fun, paddling your canoe upstream, upstream, you're gonna walk away. Off. You're gonna walk away with not without understanding any of the context. And that was my point. Now, I mean, to be fair, though, if they seen Ghost with his hair up in his ponytail, they might think he's just some libtard gun owner that's for background checks. I mean, who's to say that I'm not? Who's to say that I'm not? This, and background this, checks. I could be, I could see, be a secret agent this whole time. See, here's the thing with background checks. We talk about all the time about there's a difference between um, compliance and you know that I, the whole I will not comply. Anybody that fills out a 4473 and buys a gun, let's be honest, they're complying, right? Um, so, can you not have because the Nick's background check is already in play, right? If you ask somebody the question, are you okay with background checks? They could very no. easily just be under the perception in their mind, right? That, mm -hmm. well, that's current law. So, you know, not, yeah, it, it doesn't affect me one way or the other. That's so, like current I law. So, yeah, I mean, they're not understanding what you're talking about. You know, and to a be lot fair, a lot of people buy a lot less guns than say I do and have never got delayed. You know, it's not an issue. It's a non-issue. It takes 10 seconds for them to enter it in the computer and they got to proceed and it's done. And a lot of people have never to take it, dealt with it to take it down the training back to the training course, the, the, the pathway. Right. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are so ignorant and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with ignorance. Ignorant people can learn. But they're so ignorant when it comes to firearms that they, they do think that it takes and requires far more, right? It takes military class, law enforcement. You've got to have some kind of massive formal training to be able to handle and use a firearm. You know, kids can't just go out every weekend and shoot competitions with them, right? I'll tell you what. Some of the safest people I've ever been around with guns is our school's skeet oh, shooting team. I promise you. Yeah. I guarantee they never break the 180. They're always 100% safe. And they don't have to be yelled at. I've never heard their coaches or anybody there yell at them about, you know, being safe. They're always just safe. 
Uh, to answer Sarge's question, does banana bread before bed make the best the bee sleep? No, coffee cake before bed does, though. Coffee cake. Either one, as long as they're warm. Oh. <laughs> but no, and that goes back to the eating our own, though. It's just like we are yeah. so bad about yeah. if someone says, you know, there's a certain big channel that I've heard say before, or whatever I used to watch them. Well, they're anti-2A if they do anything, and we just need to cut them off right now and not let's try to let's try to befriend them and explain to them and give them right. reasons why said thing is an infringement not say it, shall not be infringed and just close the door to them yeah that's, is it is it easier is it easier to bring somebody over to your side that's 20 degrees off from you or 180 degrees off from you from your views you know what i mean mm -hmm. the person closest to you is It'll be easier to. We'll never win someone over. who is anti-gun, 100% anti-gun. You will, more than no. likely, you are not going to win Michael Bloomberg over no. to fighting for gun rights. But someone who is in the middle, who's like, mm -hmm. yes, I'm okay with universal, universal ugh, can't talk, universal background checks and mandatory training and all this, they could very easily be won over to the, you know, I'm going to say the shall not be infringed side, even though I kind of hate that, the way people use that. I don't know you that know. they'll ever be brought that far over. But they'll be brought. I think they'll be a advocates, not activists. Right. You know, they could be pro gun, but not an activist. For uh, sure. And that's not necessarily true. They could be. It may take time. They may no, get into it and start doing it, and just I'm a little saying, bit at a time. And in ten years, they may be them. the most pro gun person in this world. Absolutely, but just bringing them to the advocacy side is a huge step. But you know, how many? You have an ally many, now. Right. And and I always talk about. Everybody has certain people, statistically speaking, the laws of probability, no matter what your cause is that you're you're fighting for, no matter what you're trying to explain or talk about or who you're, you know, what demographic of people you're trying to save. Right. Statistically and probability wise, there is one at least one other person in this world that only you can reach. Right. Only you can say the right words, use the right vernacular, have the right demeanor and attitude, whatever, to appeal to that person to reach them. OK. Now, if you bring somebody over that's slightly over the fence, as, as Snob was was pointing out, maybe slightly off base, maybe. OK, they're there because they don't understand. They're OK with universal background checks. You bring them, you move them from just the firearm owner. Right. You move them into that advocate category that's all you have to do is move them that far now that person reaches somebody and that person that they reach becomes the biggest 2a activist on the planet right mm -hmm. so it's that you know i talk about that i've talked about it for years about that chain fire effect but that's what it is is you know it's a ripple effect like in a pond i mean i can use tons of analogies on it but that has nothing to do with a tree falling in the woods. I can assure okay, you, good, but good. you never know who you're going to reach that then that person is going to be able to reach somebody that can do far more than you and that person put together. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I love this. What PM woods out there says, he said, uh, most people are not anti-gunner program. They're just not gunners. Yep. I would say that that probably falls into the vast majority of people is, they don't give a shit about guns. And a lot of those people actually own guns. They Probably. Just don't, sure. It's not, they have them in the closet. You know, they don't they think may go about them. It's not part of their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's not part of anything. They, you know, I hear a ton. I'm sure everyone does. Look, 
I don't care if you have a gun. I, I if, if you want to have a gun, I just choose not to. Does that make them anti-gun? No, because they're open to the idea of you having a gun. It's just they don't want one, and th- and that's okay as well. Because at least at that point, they could become gun owners uh-huh. just like that. But I think I, I think we know. have an op- I think we have an opportunity and an obligation with the people those people you're talking about though that are indifferent, right? They're like you do. I'm going to do me, and you do you. In other words, I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with the Second Amendment and you exercising the Second Amendment, but I don't like guns, and I'm not going to be a part of it. But I think we have mm-hmm. an obligation, maybe, to talk to those people to bring them onto our side as far as the fight for the rights. Right? I don't. Don't, I don't. I don't. I don't want. I don't care. Say, hey, okay, I got you, and I'm I'm totally okay with your decision not to exercise that right. But will you sign this petition? Will you call this representative? Will you and explain to them that people do as you have told me? You're okay with my right to do that. Will you call and tell that representative that? Right? I, I disagree to a certain extent. I, I think that if you want to do that, that's absolutely fine. But the word obligation to do so, I think that turns people off. I think that if someone is um a firearm you know like they don't believe they don't care if you have one but they don't want to participate in owning a firearm and all that why do we want to bring up and try to sway them in any way because we might be the ones that turn them the other way if they're already don't care if we have guns then at that point in time, I'm not going to try to convince them to become pro-gun or a gun owner. I don't think we have the obligation to and do I'm that not. because they're already not on our side. We don't want to be the ones that pushes them against us because, man, that damn gun guy, every time so, I see him, he wants to preach to me like some Jehovah's Witness about the gun, the guns and all that. I don't like guns now because that fool won't leave me alone about them. So That's just where I'm going with it. Okay, yeah. So I think by using the word obligation, I sent you down a path that I did not intend well, I'm not very to smart. Down. So, yeah. No, I mean that was. I'll, I'll take. I'll take. Uh, uh, I'll take the slap for that one. Anyway, so no, what you're talking about is somebody that's indifferent, right? They mm-hmm. they understand and they respect that a person that's has the right to do what yeah. they want to do. If they don't want to do it, they don't have to, which is them. And but hey, you like guns, so that's fine. And so obligation. The word obligation aside, would it behoove us? Not to try to turn them people into pro two A and gun people, but to maybe have a discussion with them about exactly what they espouse. Is right. You have a right. They've already agreed that I have a right to do that. The same as they have a right not to. Okay. Absolutely. You know they have the, or maybe they have the decision right as to whether or not they exercise that right. They've still got the right regardless of whether they choose to exercise it. Right. So maybe we use that as a pathway to get them to. I don't want to use the word advocate because I don't even know that they have to move that far off of where they're at, but to where they could actually be an added voice. So when there's anti-gun legislation, right, they're obviously they're okay. I'm okay with you, right, owning a gun. I've already espoused that. Mm-hmm. We've had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Now you contact me and you go, hey, Clover, uh, you know, just want to let you know, man, they're bad infringing on our on our rights over here, you know, this particular politician. You know, and then let's have a conversation on the rights, whether I choose to exercise again, said right or not. Then could we move that person potentially to contact that elected official and go, hey, 
you know, now I'm not a firearm owner, or maybe they don't even have to say that, but they go, hey, what you're doing is infringing on people's rights here, and I don't like it. People have a right to do this, whether you as a politician like it or not, blah, blah, blah. So in it, they can still be indifferent and be on our side. Do you feel what I'm saying? No, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I just personally have a, I, if someone is indifferent, and this is going to be one of those things, and they've expressed their indifference, they're saying, look, bro, I don't care if you own guns, go for it. I just, like, like my wife, my wife's a perfect example. My wife doesn't like guns, but she obviously has no problem with me having them. I don't hate them either, right? What's that? Oh, sorry. But like, she doesn't like them, but she doesn't hate them. No, exactly. She's completely indifferent about it, but I'm not going to sit there and try to convince her to be a gun owner or to come to the range with me. Because I know that if I go walk down that path, it's very likely that she goes the opposite way just to say, fuck you. You're driving me nuts. Leave me alone. I've already told you I don't care if you have it, but leave me out of this. That's where the only thing that I have with contacting the indifference and saying, hey, um, would you mind contacting your representative? I, I, I would be hesitant in doing that because the last thing we want to do is give them a reason to go the other way because what if we sit there and say hey would you mind calling your representative uh they're trying to post some uh some crazy stuff and um i would really appreciate if you come to and, and to say hey i don't own a gun but i think everyone should well what if they call that representative and that representative talks them into being anti-gun and we're the ones that pushed them down that road I, you know, do we want to be responsible? Uh, Clover, there's a big thunderstorm down there, so he uh, he's having issues right now. Uh, be safe, brother. If you can jump back in, jump back in. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I said, to me, I understand that argument. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just would probably choose not to go down that route. Smeggy, Snob, what, what, what would you say as far as the indifferent uh, vote? So uh, I will, you know, kind of defend – what Clover was saying a bit and saying that would be awesome if you we could knew get first. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, no doubt. I, I'm. I was trying to think of an analogy with butterflies and trees, or whatever, and it just. <laughs> not, I, don't have to, I don't have to translate anymore, so I'm going to use another one that, you know, me personally, I don't care about pumpkin spice. I'm indifferent on it, but if if Starbucks was going to ban pumpkin spice. There's no one in this world that could get me to sign a petition saying, hey, Starbucks, you can carry pumpkin spice. I just really, really don't care. And knock yourself out if you want to drink it. I don't, that's not a big deal. So from that point of view, I think it's a big ask. So let me ask you this real quick, because let's use that pumpkin spice analogy. If you're in different pumpkin spice, it is is better than trees. So the pumpkin spice is saying, um, we're going to stop selling pumpkin spice lattes. And once again, you don't give a shit. You don't, you know, you don't care one way or the other. But what if the person who was like the biggest advocate for pumpkin spice latte comes to you and say, hey, Smeggy, you know, I know that you don't care. You don't like it, but you don't want them to ban it. Would you write a letter to Starbucks? You just said you wouldn't like to. You would hate to do that. You don't want to do that. So let me ask you this. If if the person that asked you to do that was pro pumpkin spice. 
is there a chance that you dislike pumpkin spice a lot a little bit more because they wanted to try to get you to support pumpkin spice i don't think so i mean i i do this is where i'm kind of in the middle between you guys because i can see your point as well if it's annoying if there are protesters in front of my house throwing pumpkin spice in my truck every day then you're right maybe i would be anti but if my girl is like, hey, can you believe they banned this thing? That's stupid. I'd go, yeah, I agree with you. That's pretty stupid. So it, it depends on how you talk with the people. If you're a pushy type person, then yeah, maybe you're causing more harm than good. But if Absolutely. you're just reasonable and they go, nah, no thanks. You say, okay, no, just figure that ask. They're probably not going to, you're not going to sway them anti-gun or anti-pumpkin slice yeah. over just like, hey, I, I asked. You said no. Okay, fine, whatever. Yep. It also depends on, on it also depends on how good of a friend they are to you. So you're really close to that this person. Is well. Absolutely. You can maybe they'll be willing to do it just because they can or will be willing to do it for you, not for the cause, but they're willing to do it because they know that cause is near and dear to your heart. So therefore they're willing to do it to support you because you've been a good friend to them and you've, you know, helped them if you knew if they had something that was indifferent to you, or they knew if you had something that was well, you know what I mean. I can't talk tonight. I'm tired. Damn it, Clover. What's wrong with you? I, mean, I know. Something. I know. I can't even spit it out. But you know, you would do the same thing. No, they knew you would do the same thing for them if it was the shoes were on the other foot. So, therefore, that's where you could maybe win is just being a good friend or just get them interested uh, in it. Did no, they know that you knew that they knew that the tree fell in the forest and hit yeah, a water? That's, that's pretty much where I was going with that, Maggie. Now, did the tree land on a pumpkin spice patch? That's the question. Cool. I don't know. Yeah, that could be a whole different issue. Now, Sarge is out here trying to make absolute sense of this bullshit. There's no way you can make sense of what we're talking about. We're, we've gone down from butterflies, trees, and pumpkin spice, but he has a valid point. An indifferent person is not going to pick a side to advocate for or against. That's the definition of indifference. So, yeah. Uh, Clover, everything good? Uh, is is everything good at the house? I think a tree fell on my internet. Are you serious? No. no, was it was it drinking pumpkin spice? A, when it, yeah, it? I think I think that's why it fell. It got a little drunk on uh, some fermented pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice, maybe. But uh, no, Ooh. bad. We've got a bad thunderstorm coming through, so it may yeah. happen again. I don't know. Yeah, you know, an interesting yeah. thing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, we had four and a half inches the last two days here, so uh, there's more coming. So yeah. Um, an interesting thing I saw here, I don't know, it's been a few weeks back, but in the OK2A discussion group on Facebook, which is the you know Oklahoma Second Amendment Association has a discussion group on Facebook. Well, this person said, came in there and they did a little post, said, hey, we're new, I'm new here, and I would never have a gun in my house, but this is how they started. I would never have a gun in my house, but I'm supporting OK2A because I'm very pro-Constitution and pro-freedom. I thought that was interesting. I mean, that's that's an interesting way to look at things because they don't want to see constitutional rights being trampled on no matter what right it is. That's correct. And, and that is, so I that found is that where, yeah, that, that is where I think that a lot of people are these days um, with all the, the bullshit that's happened the last couple of years. I think people are, how do I put this? Tired of government overreach. Yeah, they're more aware and they're more appreciative of personal freedoms. Okay. And so people are, I think, are more probably more constitutional now because they realize, man, there's a lot of bullshit going on in the government these days. And so, like, like you said, 
they don't have to be, be pro gun, but if they're if, if they're pro constitution, pro freedom, um, then they're already an ally. We don't, in my opinion, we don't have to force them to prove that they're an ally by signing a petition or whatever. And I'm not saying that you're wrong, Clover. I just think that it's just a difference of opinion. I think that if no, that, it's not even you know, that. It's not even that because I was just posing the question to have the conversation of, you know, as Sarge is out there, he's like, ah, any way you approach it is, is pushy, but is it, you know, and you know, it, I think it depends on who you're talking to. I mean, I think we've had a good conversation following yeah. up on that, but that's, that's all it was about. I wasn't advocating doing one way or the other. And Sarge is absolutely right. He said that tree is clearly uh, anti two way. That, we, that we, tree was not just virtually listen, signaling when he listen, said that. We we started <laughs> we started off this chat talking about the the old school gun channel days. We have already discussed yeah. the tree people and the dirt people and the lizard people many many times tree on after chat. Lives matter. Yes, we, we do not. Yes, we do not have to discuss it here. And if you know what tree people lives matter means, then it means that you were a gun channels homie. Uh, I think all four people in this room remember the old tree people conversation. That was, uh, that was an interesting, that was an epic uh, lobby chat. That was an epic lobby chat, man. But yeah. Um, yeah. Holy hell. It's nine o'clock. All right. Do we want to talk about anything else guys, uh, out there in the chat? Is there any questions that you want answered? We can kind of answer some just random question at this point. If not, we can get the hell out of here. It's up to you guys. Um, and a lot of pumpkin spice. And so thank you for bringing the pumpkin spice up, Smeggy. Um, I appreciate it because now it's all about pumpkin spice in the chat. I thought that was a goat in his yard at first. Or I was a dog now. <laughs> I was going to show this guy trampling all over these awesome, I don't know what these flowers are called, but they turn into like these big bush things. He was trampling all over it, but he jumped I out that was your, the camera. I thought that was your pumpkin spice patch. So yeah. is is he uh, any kin to Snowflake at all? Uh, no, he's not. I rescued like him from the evils of L.A. Okay, we brought him up here to a better life. I know it's marshmallow, but I've always called it Snowflake. Um, but no, it's uh, it looks a lot like him, so yeah, or her, so yeah, beautiful dog. Are both of these rescues or uh, yeah, this awesome. one my girl had before I met her. Oh, well, I guess I'm stepdad or whatever, but the white one we got together, so he's definitely both of ours. I forgot the to, I've that. ever had, yeah around a little bit and most of the time he just lays down outside <laughs> well um so i've got a, a german shepherd and she's not a big fan of heat because of the multiple coats and all that i would imagine that maybe the husky doesn't like terribly hot weather as well i mean like like my my shepherd will find shade anywhere she can obviously does yours your, does your husky do that or does it mind the heat uh, no, he's, he seems fine. Okay. He's fine with it. I mean, and then we, we got this, you know, long haired German shepherd right here who runs around in the sun all day. So, so that's a shepherd. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, I it's, it almost looks like a, um, a mix of maybe like a retriever and something else. I and mean, he's 
definitely exactly. got the situation. We, we did the DNA on him. He's 75% shepherd, 25% pit bull. Really? I don't see any of the physical aspects, but what he was doing to me earlier in the chat when I was trying to talk, he dropped his little toy there on my leg, and then when he tried to grab the leg, he decided to bite the crap out of me because he was yeah. trying to pick the play up. So he definitely has the bite. <laughs> I'm sorry for blinding you with my super I was going to say, you'd think somebody who lived in California now would have a little more of a tan than that. He's a snowman, dude. He can't get direct sunlight. He'll melt. All right. So, um, gun questions or any second amendment questions that came in? It doesn't look like anyone's got anything. Um, so they're worried they're going to get another tree analogy. So they're like, nope, not even going to say anything. Yeah, they're, they're worried that it's going to be a tree and a pumpkin spice. So, uh, yeah, I think they're a little worried about asking questions. So, uh, so what I want to do is, Smeggy, I want to say thanks for jumping on, bro. Um, Anything that you want kind of final parting words on anything that we've talked about at all? Um, yeah, I just want to say I believe in universal background checks and mandatory training for even <laughs> looking at a gun. Uh, other than that, more seriously, if I can plug, uh, keep an eye out for Smeggy Caves popping up randomly. I'm trying to get back into podcasting more often. And you and I and I got it late uh, for some reason. I don't know if it came in late or I didn't notice it. But by the time that I got it, it was over. But I was excited to see the the link. I was like, "Oh hell yeah, the cave's coming back! That's awesome!" Yeah, that's weird. I, I sent it out. I sent it out to a bunch of people. Sat around for an hour. Then I went live by myself. And then luckily, G Webs jumped in, and a couple other guys jumped in to save me. So I wasn't talking to myself. But that's okay. Everyone's always welcome when I put those up. Well, I I have multiple personalities, so I'm never really having a discussion with just myself. So. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, uh, no. Thanks for coming uh, on, bro. I had that problem, too, but we decided I'm okay now. Oh, even see, we haven't had that discussion yet. We haven't gotten that far in our relationship to uh, to have that. So, yeah, maybe one day. No, uh, thanks for coming on, bro. I appreciate you very much. Uh, Snob, any final words and, and or plugs? What you got going on? No. Just no. Just no. Okay. Just no. I'll try to do something one day. I got a bunch of stuff I got to do, so maybe no I'll do something. kidding. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. We were talking about that the other day. I was like, oh, my God. I, You know, we bitched all last year that we weren't able to get things from different manufacturers and all that, and it's like everything came within a two-week span. It's like, thanks, because now I've got six months' worth of work to do. Appreciate mm-hmm. you. Stuff that I totally forgot about even, you know, Getting told I was getting sent showed up last week. Um, I had something show up that I was waiting like over a year for that I I literally forgot about. As a matter of fact, it's right there. It's the little phone scope, awesome thing. But yeah, showed up like what the hell is? Oh, okay, I remember this from Shot Show last year. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, thanks for coming on, Bud. Uh, appreciate it, Clover. Do you have any final thoughts, plugs, any of that bullshit? Not really. Nah. Actually, did release a uh, video today. Believe it or I not, don't so. believe, I don't believe it. No, yeah, I, don't, no. I, don't believe that tree, I don't believe that tree fell. I think. Golly, yeah, Tuesday's one of those things. I I don't just. It's a bad day to release videos because for whatever reason I don't remember to do it half the time. But, um, yeah. So yeah, check that out if you want. If not, me. Um, constitutional carry. 
we're keeping a close eye on that here in Texas. So, um, come on, pass that already. What, what's your holdup? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, more to more to come, man. As what I've been saying this whole time, there's been a lot of stay tuned and stand by. And uh, right now, that's pretty much what we're doing is stay tuned and stand by. I uh, I sort of expect to maybe hear something out of the conference committee before the end of the week. We'll see. Um, I don't know. Uh, right now, the conference committee is what a lot of people don't understand. They got used to us live streaming debate, you know, the floor, the floor of the chamber, the debates and the hearings and all this other stuff. And conference committees are typically done behind closed doors. So, uh, unfortunately we won't know until the conference committee reports are released and then we'll kind of get an idea what's going on from there. So, uh, yeah, we're just waiting. So how many from the house and how many from the Senate are going to be on that? Well, there's five and five and all of them are uh, very pro on this bill. So there you go. There you go. Um, if you guys haven't, um, Clover has been doing a great job. He is your premier source for Texas two way news. So I I understand that he is making, uh, he's not announcing yet, but I'm going to go ahead and announce it for him. He's making a, a name change on his channel. The new channel is going to be Clover B and Gadgets. So, um, That's fine. So, no, but he is doing a great job. If you are, uh, Lance is on my late. No, bro, we're just starting. Just starting, bro. Um, but Chili Dog is equal to a calzone. I don't know about that. I'm all about Chili Dogs. I'm going to take a Chili Dog over a calzone at this point. Just saying. Gun websites. Uh, G says 81% of gun owners believe it should be mandatory for y'all to have a good week. That is, um, if you don't understand the 81% reference, there is a 10 hour stream that's over on, on Clover's channel that would probably fill you in on the 81%. Uh, and 81% of it's going to make you want to hit your head against the wall. But the other part is of it true. is actually smart people talking. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, 81% of Texas don't want this. What four people so, did you freaking, you know, what five so people did, did you pull here? So I did I did those breakout videos, right, from the testimony. And I was going to do a funny one where it was all of the red button, red shirt, whatever, mo- moms demand action people saying the 81%. Hmm. Um, I was actually going to do a version of that just for it to be funny. And there was so many that it was like a 30-minute video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't do it. There's and no I was way. like, I was like, you no, had like uh, ten hours of video, so yeah. Yeah, and I was like, that, no, there's no way. There was there was that many that spouted that same exact line, and every one of them was wearing a mom's man action button or t-shirt. Yeah. So there you go. I don't know. Maybe my internet cut out or something. Someone say the anti two a tree gut ghost internet. Yeah, we're it's storming like balls right now. So it very well could be. I haven't seen anything here, but maybe out on the YouTube side of things, it you froze. Your camera froze for a little bit, but your audio never did. Oh, okay. Well, who, who knows? But yeah, I'm gonna sit there and say a chili dog's better than a calzone. That's just. I'm sorry, you guys can hate me, but chili dog over calzone any day of the week. All right, thanks guys for watching. If you're watching it right now, thank you. You wasted two hours and 15 minutes of your life that you'll never be able to get back. But we thank you for that. If you're watching this in replay or listening in in podcast form, God bless you. You must have not found anything else to do with your time, but we do appreciate it. It was a great conversation, um, not only in the panel, but out in the chat. And um, 
I do like the fact that we don't always have to agree. And we shouldn't always agree on every single point of everything, because what the hell are we talking about then? Um, We don't want to be uh, the biggest echo chamber in the world. I think we all have the same beliefs, but we might have different beliefs on how to get there or whatever. But I think fundamentally we all believe about the same thing. But the conversation is wonderful when you do have a little discrepancies and, and, all of that and how to get to point B or whatever. That's where the really good conversation has. And we had a phenomenal conversation in the room and in the chat. So thank you so much for watching and or listening. We appreciate you guys. We shall see you next week. Simplify.